0: This is Inside the Den, a show centered around Lindenwood Athletics. We'll talk to players and coaches to give you the best analysis and occasionally see where Lindenwood alums are in the broadcasting industry. Now let's hand it over to the insiders themselves, Neil Fisher and Andrew Marsh. Welcome to Inside the Den on 89. one, The Wood in St. Charles, alongside Andrew Marsh and Joey Messenbrink. I'm Neil Fisher. A lot of fun things to talk about this week in Lindenwood Athletics, but first a look at who you'll hear from tonight at 8.30 last week's GLVC player of the week, Callie Bildner of the women's basketball team will join us, followed by quarterback one, QB one, Cade Brister of the Linwood football team at 845. We'll talk about Linwood football's big win against Washita against Baptist and hear from head coach Jed Stugart thanks to Dominic Kosher. But first, let's get into all things Lindenwood starting out with this football team.
1: Yes, Neil, the Lindenwood football team continues their winning ways as they took down the number five team in the nation in Washita Baptist by a score of 41 to 38. Lindenwood will now head to Maryville, Missouri to take on a familiar MIAA foe in Northwest Missouri State in the second round of the national tournament.
0: This has been fun. A fun year all around for Linenwood football, and it's getting a little bit better uh, going against an old uh, rival in northwest Missouri who always had the upper hand in the past, and uh, the people on Twitter are talking about how (laughs) Linenwood is such an underdog, and you look at it, and in many ways, yeah, Linenwood has been an underdog in the past, and and this season they feel like they have been all year, uh, but after beating the number 5 team in the nation, I don't know how... Everybody across the nation thinks that Lindenwood is an underdog.
1: I've been wondering the same thing, and I don't mind being the underdog, us being from Lindenwood and having that mentality because, you know, this team, they've proved that they can beat these top teams. So if these other people around the nation want to continue to overlook this football team, go ahead because we're just going to storm in there, do our business, get things done, and move on to the next round.
0: And that's the thing about it is is, Linwood football has been to the West Coast. They took on Eastern Washington. They scored 30 points against the FCS uh, Division One program, who was the runner-up a year ago. Uh, I know they're not having a great year this year, but uh, in all fairness, uh, they scored 30 points against the Division One team. And then you look around. They they took down the South, uh, and they almost beat Midwestern State, and now they mm-hmm. beat Washtenaw Baptist. And uh, now you're gonna uh, battle for the uh, top football team in Missouri, I would say.
1: Yeah, and they're going up, like I, like I said, against the former MIAA foe. So that's going to be an interesting storyline. You have the former MIAA team against the current one, and you know some stuff going on on the internet, people chatting, saying whatever they want. I think it's going to be a very interesting game, and it should be a good one. Two teams that are very capable of moving on and and even winning this this region,
0: um, so it's going to be uh, fun to watch that game. And that's the thing: Northwest Missouri only won by one point last weekend, and Linenwood put up 41 points on the number four defense in the country. Uh, I know Northwest has a great defense and uh, they have great coaching, but the way Linenwood's offense is rolling and and them just being able to do so many different things with the offense in the run game, the pass game, Uh, Cade is such a versatile quarterback and dynamic and and so is Nash Sutherland Uh, so it should be a lot of fun and it's going to be an interesting game come Saturday.
1: It will be and we're uh, definitely looking forward to watching it but moving on to men's basketball the Lions welcomed in the number three ranked Bellarmine Knights. Lindenwood hung around all game even sporting a 15 point lead at one point however Lindenwood was unable to hang on as they took their first loss of the season by a score of 81 to 73 and the Lions will take on the University of Illinois tomorrow night in Champaign.
0: I'll tell you what, if you're Coach Gerdeman, I know losing's not fun, but the loss against the top team in the nation who is moving up to the Division I level next year, uh, Lindenwood, I talked to Suckman Benner before the game, who was uh, came on the show a few weeks ago mm-hmm. um, and he said, you know what, we're gonna have to we're just gonna have to shoot the ball well. And that's that's the bottom line because the way Bellerman plays, they're just so athletic and and, and so big. Um, that if we can't make our shots from uh, the three-point line, then uh, we're, we're not going to be able to stay in the game. And you look at, of all people who uh, were mm-hmm. one of the top scorers for Linenwood, Cam Scales, after coming on Inside the Den. Yes, sir. You can uh, check his uh, check his interview out on SoundCloud or Apple Podcasts. Just search Inside the Den. Uh, he dropped 20 points. He had six threes. Yeah.
1: Talk about that running gun style that Suk was talking about. I mean... They were in this game. They had the opportunity to win this game. I don't believe Bellarmine even led going in, or they didn't even lead all of the first half. So Linwood had that lead. Um, but there, it's just things that they need to work on to try and you know shut down... Uh, their opponent and try and close out games and it's early on in the season and they'll figure that out we've seen the same thing with the football team they had problems trying to you know finish games um, and then adjusting to the team at half so you know what new coach new team they're figuring things out they put up a nice effort against probably you know if not the best team in the nation and bellerman's a good team and they stuck around all game so they have nothing to hang their heads on and it's good to see a lot of uh new faces and uh familiar
0: faces getting um on the game leader stat sheet and that's what's going to be fun about tomorrow night in the exhibition against university of illinois linenwood could go in there and make some noise because bellerman is a top team and um Losing 80, 81 to 73 against the number three team in the nation, it's something to tell you that Lindenwood um, has the capability mm-hmm. of being very good. Yeah, they do. And,
1: you know, the University of Illinois, a D1 team. This is an exhibition game. There's nothing really to to lose, really. You just go in, try and play your game, see what works, see what doesn't. And you're playing, uh, you know, a team that, if we're talking. Skill wise, or you know how hard they are, they're probably better than you know a lot of, if not most of the schedule. So this will be a tough team for them to play, but also a good opportunity to uh, figure out what their offense is, what their defense is, and just see what kind
0: of team they are. And that's what I like about this early schedule that they have is that they're playing top teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're playing really good talent, and that's where you find. Uh, where you face adversity, and just it happened with the football team and, and mm-hmm. playing all the all the uh, very good schools that they did, uh, and the hard schedule that they did at the beginning, you learn so much about your team and what you can can improve on. And I think that's what's happening with this uh, men's basketball team.
1: I absolutely agree. Speaking of a team that doesn't really need to improve because they're so good, is the women's basketball team. After a week off, they will head to Quincy to take on the two and three Hawks. Callie Billner. Leads the GLVC in scoring and shooting percentage, and she will join the show later.
0: She'll join the show at 8.30, and she's having another outstanding year. Last year, she was uh, all-MIAA first team and is now one of the leading scorers in the nation, um, especially in the GLVC. So, a dominant threat down low. You can't take them for granted because that's how they play. That's how they practice. That's how head coach Katie Falco likes to do it. Since she has Bilner down low, she can just kick the ball outside. If somebody's open, shoot the three. I mean,
1: she she is a dominant force down low, and I'm excited to to chat with her and see what she has to say about this upcoming season, where she thinks this team is, whether or not they... You know, are kind of the same team, or they're different? Because there are some new players that have joined the squad.
0: And a look ahead towards the Quincy matchup, if you're uh, if you're interested in that game tomorrow night, uh, she gives a real nice glimpse into uh, how they're looking at that game. So
1: I'm excited to
0: see how they will fare.
1: But moving on to the ice. The Lindenwood men's ice hockey team split against Ohio this weekend. They won Friday's game four to one, and they lost Saturday's game two to one. Lindawood will have some time off until January tenth, when they open the twenty twenty calendar year up against Missouri State
0: at home. So you go into the break eleven and five, and it's probably not what you want if you're Coach Zombo, but again there's a lot of things to learn and, and that's what this tough schedule that they set up three weeks in a row of playing mm-hmm. good competition Davenport, Central Oklahoma and Ohio, it gave you a really good opportunity opportunity to see what you have and see where you can improve in the, in the coming month I think it's it's good for them,
1: they have a stretch of home games to kind of start off the, the second half of the season, the team only has one loss at home and they're Just one game over 500 on the road, so I guess the storyline here is let's win those home games, but let's improve on the road. Let's figure out what we need to do in the other team's barn that we haven't been doing all season because, you know, when... When playoffs come around, you're not going to be at the Centene Community Ice Center. You're going to be in a different environment playing on a neutral side against these teams. And I think they will have time to figure out what has been going on this season because this is something that is new to them and for us. We're not used to seeing them lose as many games as they have this season.
0: And I think if you look at how the schedule really plays out in the second half of the season, I think it works in their favor. They don't have to face Central Oklahoma again Mm-mm. until, obviously, the playoffs. Um, but I think that's good for, for them and so they know what they can do in the, re- in the second half of the season and uh, really get it going when they get back on the ice.
1: No, I agree. And they have Ohio, and they, they, they lost that game on Saturday. But a lot of familiar teams that they've played already, Illinois, Robert Morris, they'll have that Missouri State game, and then you'll play Oklahoma, you have Iowa State, and then Missouri State, again, to finish off the season. So they can string along, we've seen them string along a lot of wins, nine, if I'm correct. Nine, yes. Nine. Nine. So we've seen them win very or a lot of consecutive games. So we know that they have that capability. So if they can do that heading into the playoffs, gain a lot of momentum heading into the playoffs, I think they'll be just fine and their schedule works in their favor.
0: And I think they need to start winning on the road if they want to be the, mm-hmm. one of the top teams in the nation because they have dropped this week to number 3. Um, so they really need to get it going on the road. And I know travel is, is difficult. You go from being in Edmond, Oklahoma one week to be in, in Athens, Ohio, yeah. two oh. weeks later. Uh, so it's definitely not easy for the team, but uh, Coach Zombo's got to do something where you, you get it going uh, when they uh, go on the road. And that could
1: just be switching the, the the lineup, the lines up, could be putting in guys that haven't seen as much ice time all season, just doing something to get some some extra um, you Oomph. know, Oomph. Yeah, exactly, get some fresh legs in there but they definitely have a lot of time to rest up. We talked with Brendan Murphy a couple weeks ago. He said they needed that bye week because they had some guys that were banged up. And thing with hockey, you never know who's hurt and who's not. I mean, even at the professional level, they don't even, you know, disclose You know what is actually wrong with someone. So, and you know, hockey players they they'll just play with you know with any injury really. So it'll be nice for them to get that time to rest up, heal, and then get back out there on the ice.
0: Yeah, I think they got a lot to look forward to in the second half. And like you said, Brennan said that uh, a few players were banged up, uh, so it gives you a good opportunity to take a break for a couple weeks and then uh, get back to it. And I know hockey is such a fast-moving game that you don't Mm -hmm. want to get. Too far ahead of yourself, and take too much of a break because then you'll be a little slow. So hopefully the boys stay in shape and uh, get it going in the second half.
1: I agree. And lastly, we have the Linwood women's hockey team. They will square up against St. Cloud State again, but this time on the road after having a week off.
0: And they got a little they got a little adversity. They're facing a little adversity. uh, Two nine and three on the season. it's not what they wanted, and it's not what head coach Shelly Looney wanted in her first year. Um, but again, it's a lot to learn from a young team. Uh, there's only a few seniors. Um, so going to St. Cloud is going to be even tougher for yeah. Lindenwood. Uh, I know they walked away with a tie last Friday, but mm-hmm. uh, then they lost come Saturday 5-1. to So I think St. Cloud may play with a chip on their shoulder and say, listen, they should not have tied us. Uh, So it should be interesting to see what they can do. This team has the ability to beat these
1: top-ranked teams. I mean, they're sticking in it for some of the games. And when they play a full 60 minutes and do what they can do, they can hang with anybody. It's just sometimes there's lapses that happen throughout a game, and then next thing you know, Goals are piling up, and then you're just kind of out of it, especially, you know, some of these games are not that they're blowouts, but they, they start to get out of hand. And then sometimes you, you know, as a player, you're like, eh, like, you know, this game's kind of over. We'll, we'll shift our focus to the next game. But I think this team is in good shape. Like you said, they're a very young team. So I think they have a lot to look forward to uh, for the upcoming seasons. And they definitely um, have some more games left on the season that can be very important that could help them them uh, make that jump
0: and i think one of the coolest things about this team is that they've just added an addition to the coaching staff nicole hensley former lindenwood lion and former usa uh, gold medalist at the 2018 winter olympics Mm -hmm. in south korea has just joined the team to to help out coach
1: yeah that always helps to have a you know a world champion (laughs) gold medalist on your team yeah exactly no, just one time, but still. Uh, so, yeah, we're looking forward to uh, seeing how they fare this weekend uh, along with the rest of the Linwood programs.
0: Yeah, so uh, that'll do it for the Linwood Sports Wrap-Up. Uh, next, we'll get into Coach Stugert's interview, brought to you by Dominic Kosher on Inside the Den on 89.1 The Wood. Welcome back to Inside the Den on 89. one The Wood alongside Andrew Marsh and Joey Messenbrink. I'm Neil Fisher. And now we get to get into Coach Stugert sound bites brought to you by Dominic Kosher. Thanks to Dominic for getting these. Uh, he talks to Coach every week and broadcasts the games. That's who you hear on 89. one The Wood during those Lindenwood football games. And what a weekend it was. And Coach got into it right away um, talking about what the feeling was like. When the interception was made at the end of the game and Linwood just sealed the deal, and it was it was awesome to see. And I was listening to the Washington Baptist announcers as well, and they were like, "Oh no, it's pass interference," <laughs> and our announcers were like, "Oh my gosh, it's the end, we've done it!" Right. And uh, it was a really cool
2: feeling. So this is what Coach had to say about it. Man, I will tell you what, it was um, you know once once you realize that that the game's over and you can you know run the clock out and. Uh, Um, It just it just I was just overcome by emotion. It's like uh, during the game You don't really get too wrapped up in it because you're making decisions and it's you're kind of consumed by that But when I saw him catch that and knew it was that was the ball game It it was pretty exciting just because I know a lot of people didn't expect us to win didn't expect us to be there and uh, to have this program have another uh, Accomplishment like that. It's just special for our guys There's no
0: better way to end a game. I feel like on the opponent's last drive than to have an incredible diving catch for an interception and that seals the deal.
1: I mean, this team has had so many different endings to their game. Like I'm not even surprised <laughs> that something like that would happen. I mean, come on. I mean what a what a great game and it's so close. The games have been all have been close the entire season. And if we started at the beginning of the year and predicted where this team would be right now I don't. I don't know if, if we would. Well, I
0: predicted. Well, them you did. To That's be right. Eight and the, three, and they're now nine and three. Right. But okay. The playoffs don't count because they're just going to keep winning.
1: That's true. But they they've done such a great job at growing as a team from where they were at the beginning of the year to where they are right now. And at this point, it doesn't even seem like they're even phased. Uh, yeah, they. You know, they did win the game, and they're all excited. But I bet you next week, if they do get that win, and hopefully they do. I'm sure they'll be like, you know what? This is just another win. Like we're used to doing this because they've played that well, and they have proven that they are good enough to beat these kind of teams.
0: And I think it it goes along the lines of adrenaline and getting up for games too is they've already been at the top they've they've had that game against u indy where they had to get up there uh they had the game against washington baptist where uh, a lot of people doubted them and and uh, they got through it and and showed up and weren't too high and weren't too Mm -hmm. low and uh especially after uh brockton brown broke off a 72 yard touchdown run on the first play of the game for washington baptist
2: Part of that is just us being so conditioned this year with these types of games, where we've been behind, we've come from behind, we've played with the lead, we've played, uh, we've won in overtime. I mean, we've we've seen so many of these things through the year; it just doesn't really affect our guys very much. And so, you know, you know, we knew just how good their run game was. You know, we. We just kind of, you know, first game, first play of the game, you know, defensively, we just don't get lined up right. Um, it was just a total uh, misalignment that kept a gap open. And, and so I knew it wasn't like a, um, we knew it was just an alignment mistake. So we weren't, really weren't that, you know, freaked out over it uh, because, you know, if you don't get lined up right, that'll happen. So, um, But we knew we had a big challenge in stopping a run game that they really do well on. Uh, they do really well on third down, and we knew that um, you know so a lot of it was knowing that it's probably going to be a little bit of a shootout we we knew that they're they're pretty good at, at the run game and um, you know I was kind of disappointed i I know our defensive coaches were because most of you know I think in the first quarter we had you know we gave up six explosive plays some of that can be anxiety, it can be a little bit of anxiousness and just you know just the big game, uh, but once we settled in. Um, you know, and, and and started making some plays. I always go back to when the plays count. You know, the fourth down stop, um, a lot of those things. So um, they didn't get real discouraged, and our offense just felt like, oh, let's just go answer, and that's kind of what happened all day.
0: I think that's the coolest thing is the offense is just like, okay, let's let's go score a touchdown and let's take the lead, and then let's give our defense another opportunity to make a stop. And uh, for him to say it's just a, a small error, a small lining up error on on, a, on the wrong play, uh, it happens. And um, but I mean, Washington Baptist ran for 302 yards, which hasn't happened all season to Lindenwood. And Brockton mm-hmm. Brown ran for 167, so he had an extra 100 yards on that one play. Um, but hey, the defense came up clutch. They did, and
1: and he made a point about rebounding after you know after that touchdown. There were only six drives. That didn't have a scores in them. I mean, it's crazy. The first three the entire, of the game, had the scores. entire game, you know, field goal, touchdown, 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 and then oh, we got to finally, We finally got a punt, but then touchdown, <laughs> touchdown, and then we're like, oh, it's it's halftime already. This was a shootout, and he mentioned that, and I mean, that just speaks volumes about Linwood's offense and being able to hang with this number five team, and they did, and they outlasted them,
0: and they came out with a victory. And that was the thing. It's like, man, who who has the momentum? Which team has it? Because both teams were scoring back and mm-hmm. f- back and forth, back and forth. Um, but then the 97 yard kickoff return for a touchdown by Spencer Red. Um, this is what Coach Dugard had to say if he thought it changed the game.
2: I think that's huge. I mean, that you know, it's one of those things where you know we we kind of it put us right back in it and over you know put us back in lead. I think if I remember right, it was one of those things where you know it's just that momentum it gave us that other blast of energy we knew spencer's been so close all year on on several of them you know we're just one last tackle and he just has this knack to just keep his legs going and he hates being tackled and he breaks a lot of tackles and so that really gave us that that vote of confidence again of energy of just uh, Reignite and making special team. We talked all week that in the playoffs. I said to him, you know, uh, we always break down special teams meetings, saying special teams wins games, and uh, lo and behold, our special teams won us this game uh, Saturday.
0: I agree with him. If if special teams would not have shown up against Washington Baptists, I don't know where they would have been at in that game. You know, we've we've
1: always talked about the offense and the defense and I don't think we do give special teams enough credit. I mean they have come up with some huge plays all season and this one right here has paid dividends in their season and look they're moving on and you need all parts of your team working cohesively and all on top of their game and special teams. You know what? We've picked out You know, each player in the offensive has had a great week, right? No, now it's special teams. I just called
0: it. (laughs) For the brand, as Pat McAfee would say. Uh, But now we're going to get to kicker, Brett Brett Gardner's big game, and um, how big of a confidence boost it was because after the game, the reporters were asking him, well, what did you feel like going into the game? Because he hadn't had the best season. He had Mm -hmm. a few missed field goals. Um, But this is what
2: Coach had to say well we we've, we've just never stopped trusting Brett part of it is because we've had him before at my old school and so we know Brett. Um, some of the issues this year um, uh, you, you know kickers it's like it's this position just like uh, in golf or anything it, it you know it's such a mental position and you can lose your confidence quickly but this team has never stopped trusting them and believing in him and some of those misses Brett's not the type that comes out and makes excuses but throughout the year. You know, we've had a few uh, bad snaps. We've had a couple bad holds. I mean, sometimes if you don't get the snap right, you get the hold down wrong, and the kicker, everybody just thinks the kicker misses it. So, you know, operationally, they op- they pulled it off. The operation uh, got it down. And usually with Brett, if you get the operation handled, he's going to make the kick. And so, you know, I think he just, uh, I know he's hard on himself because he You know this. You know this is a kid that didn't. He took. He thought he was done with football. I mean, he didn't even kick last year. He was just going to graduate and be done. And then grad transferred here. And so, you know, he he took a year off of kicking last year. And so, um, but we've never stopped believing in him. Um, You know, he's he's. We're going to keep believing in him, and I'm just real proud of him because he kicked it when it mattered.
0: He didn't even kick last year. He's a grad transfer. The kid is unbelievable. And coach said after the game in the press conference that he has the best mustache in college football in the country, so uh, I'd like to see some pictures on Twitter uh, of what other kicker has a mustache. Uh, I know Linenwood Special Teams has a Twitter account. Um, If you would like to tweet a picture of his mustache and try to get other special teams units to tweet their kicker's mustaches, Mm -hmm. I would really enjoy that. That would be some good content uh, that I would like to see, Uh, but what a kick. It's it, it's crazy
1: how someone can can go from like the lowest of lows and then to the highest of highs. There has been times where he has missed a couple big kicks, but it hasn't let he hasn't let that get to him, and he comes out has a huge kick, and it, all of his teammates they they knew it the, the entire time. They knew that he was going to make that, and that says a lot when you have all of your teammates believing in you, that you're going to make it, you have all the confidence
0: in the world, and then, boom, he just hit it, and moving on. Moving on. And they're moving on to face Northwest Missouri, an old opponent in the MIAA. This is what Coach had to say about them.
2: Yeah, just know, you know, you always know that teams like that, they're going to have a lot of tradition, a lot of playoff games, so their team's very used to being in the playoffs, so they're they're used to the big stage. Um, so, we really respect that team and what they do a solid football team on on all three components they 're just very good um, you know I think our team has uh has a confidence about them too um you know we've we 've now beat a number five team a number eight team and you know a few ranked teams this year uh, where people really haven 't given our kids a chance so they just kind of they just kind of don 't care not meaning they don 't don't, uh, uh, don't they, it's, I don't say they don't respect teams. They definitely respect the teams they play, but they don't really get too enamored with with where somebody is ranked-wise or stuff. They just kind of go out and enjoy playing the game with each other. They play hard. Um, they've really bought into playing four quarters of football and kind of letting the chips fall where they may. And, and that's kind of the thing we've kind of rode with this year, um, especially in our win streak that we've had, is just kind of quit worrying about the score and just go play hard and see what happens. So... Um, but, yeah, you know, uh, a lot of these kids, um, since we didn't play them this year, but we still have a lot of new faces that have never faced Northwest Missouri. We're kind of treating it like it's, it's just another new team that we've, we've done all year. And so, um, you know, so, uh, so we're not even really paying attention much to say, hey, this is an old old team that we used to play. It's kind of we're treating it a little bit like it's just another, another new team that we're about to face.
0: I think that'll work in their favor, Um, just saying it's another new team, let the chips fall where they may, Uh, play the style of four-quarter football that you played against Washtenaw Baptist, because if you can play that game every single week, you're going to win the national championship. If you play at that level and score 41 points, I don't care who you're playing, Mm -hmm. uh, you're going to win. You know what? A lot of people out there
1: are not really giving Lindenwood a chance in this, and you know, Lindenwood is zero and five against against Northwest uh, Missouri. Uh, yeah, and you know, whatever. That's the thing. This is a new team. Lindenwood is a new team. Like they are a completely different team than they were for the previous seasons. Like it's it's com. Not even comparable. How different they are. Mm-hmm. Um, they they've they've just been playing a different style of game. They have a different kind of swagger to them. And you know what? Whatever they people want to say what they want to say. But at the end of the day, you just got to go out there and play football. And it's playoffs. Anything can happen. I don't care if it's football or whatever sport. You go out there and you play hard. Um, and especially a team that might take you lightly. It could be a it could be a shock for um for Northwest uh coming up on Saturday I'll tell you that for sure
0: yeah and they already shocked shocked one uh, athletic director doubter uh, but this is what coach had to say about uh, what he thinks of uh, all the doubters
2: well uh, there's a lot of emotion when you you're a fan and you're a coach and you're an athletic director or whatever you know you're you're always going to try to fight to get your team in the playoffs I've been there before i i was we had a ten and one team one year that they didn't select for the playoffs and it's the hardest thing to do to to go you know face your team and explain you know why um, but at the end of the day, the criteria was in our favor we we, we won uh, we had the biggest win um, uh, of the teams that they were choosing from some people want to look at the you know, they want to make a case and drive it home. But, you know, I, I get it. I know it's, um, you know, you want your team to be in there. Uh, unfortunately, the way d 2 set up, you know, they take 28 teams, and there's a case to be made in every region for another team to go. Uh, but I, I think without a doubt our team uh, deserved to be there, and we kind of proved that Saturday that we deserved to be in the, be in the tournament.
0: They proved it, and it doesn't matter what anybody had to say last week um, because they went out there and they balled out. They showed everybody in the nation what they're capable of. They can run, they can pass, they can play defense, they can run kicks back, they can kick field goals. Mm -hmm. Their offensive line is stacked. They give Cade Brister so much time in the pocket um, that the Washtenaw Baptist uh, announcer said he could make a sandwich or write a book in there, (laughs) so... Just unbelievable.
1: Neil, we're literally like one play away from being undefeated against top 25 teams, so I don't want to hear any more slander coming from the outside, the outsiders. I think this is going to be a great game. I'm looking forward to watching it, and I'm looking forward to moving on.
0: Yeah, it's going to be so much fun. I I don't see a reason, if you're a Lindenwood fan, not to turn on the game uh, this coming Saturday against Northwest Missouri State. It's going to be one heck of a game. And I don't I don't know if it'll be the barn burner style of game. It was against Washtenaw Baptist. Um, but it'll definitely be a fun one, and I'm looking forward to it. But coming up next on Inside the Den, Kelly Bilner of the women's basketball team will join us to talk about how the season's going. And uh, for her, it's going really well. You're listening to uh, Inside the Den on 89.1 The Wood. Welcome back to one The Wood Inside the Den alongside Andrew Marsh, Joey Messenbrink. I'm Neil Fisher. Joining us now from the women's basketball team is Callie Bilner. Callie, how you doing? I'm pretty good. How are you? Good. Thank you for joining us. Uh, first off, the 2019 season, you guys are 3-0. Uh, what are your thoughts so far uh, into the season? Um, I think
3: everything's going as planned I guess you could say being we have a half of a new team we were a little unsure at the beginning how exactly the season would end up going and so far we've kicked off where we or started off where we left it in 2019 in March I guess and so yeah we're going forward from there
1: what's the difference so far between coming into this season you had coach Katie Falco in her first year last year now she's in her second year you guys are very comfortable what has that been like
3: I would say it's comfortable for us seven returners, but for the eight or I guess it's seven new people too, it's completely different for them. And all of us returners are trying to get to learn the uh, the seven new people. So it's kind of like last year where we were all like on a new slate just because half of us haven't played with the other half. So it's everyone learning
0: everything over again. I, I wanted to touch on that and I'm glad you did, Andrew, because uh, you guys went 21 and eight last, last year uh, in her first season, in Coach Falco's first season. And it sounded like everybody loved her, and she loved everybody on the team, and, and you guys just bonded right away. And has that been uh, the viewpoint with the new uh, incoming students?
3: Most definitely. And over the summer, she really pinpointed like, us making a relationship with each other over the summer, so that would give us like a kickstart into basketball, b- basketball workouts the first week of school, and that's definitely helped us on the court.
1: It's got to be helpful that you guys have so much experience, especially going to the tournament last year Mm -hmm. and kind of grooming the new players into what her system and how you guys play.
3: And also four of our transfers, they all have postseason experience, so that helps out a lot. So we just have the three freshmen that we're trying to get them to buy into what's going on and really help guide them through.
0: And you guys uh, lost in the Central Regional last year. Um, what's going to be the difference for you guys this season to make that push and and get past that?
3: Um, Obviously, we have a whole different set of teams that we're going to play and we'll even be in a different region this year. And so like last weekend, we went to Ohio and played two in-region games. So that was like good to see because they have a different style of play than we've played in the central region. So just matching up and seeing what we have in our future was good to know.
1: What are the differences? I know we haven't, got fully into these teams i don't know if you have gone over the schedule in terms of um, how certain teams play Mm -hmm. i don't know like the football team they just take one game at a time Mm -hmm. what have you seen from the glvc teams compared to like miaa teams
3: well we haven't played any glvc teams yet we start tomorrow with quincy for a non-conference game even though they're in our conference but from what we've heard and from experience in the past year's the GLVC is more of a finesse and see how many points you can score. As the MIAA was more battle to the end, physical type of game. Uh,
0: to start the season, you guys played those two exhibition exhibition games against Division One opponents, mm-hmm. and then you have uh, Pitt State coming, and you beat them 83 to 78. And Pitt State a week earlier beat Kansas, so. Technically, that means that <laughs> Linenwood basketball is better than Kansas basketball, right? <laughs>
3: That's what I said in the locker room after the <laughs>
0: game.
3: <laughs> but yeah, that was a good battle. And going into the game, we knew that Pitt was a good team. For any D2 team to beat a team the size of Kansas means a lot. And so we knew we were going to have to grind it out.
1: Looking at your schedule, you guys have a lot of road games coming up. And you guys don't even play a home game till 2020 What is that going to be like in terms of preparation and just trying to stay focused on the road?
3: I would say preparation is still the same. I mean, we're still going to have all of our practices here at Lindenwood. And the other change with our new conference is a lot of our games, we travel the day of instead of staying the night. So that's a little different just riding the bus all the way there and then getting off the bus and playing a game. But I would say that's the only difference between a home and away game besides like the home court advantage Mm -hmm. and the crowd but other than that...
0: All right, so already in three games, you've been named GLVC Player of the Week. Uh, you had 35 points against Pitt State, which is a NCAA record for Linenwood. You grabbed your 856th rebound against Walsh, setting the Linenwood rebounding mark. And you now have 872, which is third among all active NCAA student-athletes. You're averaging 25.7 points, which is in the top of the GLVC and your 730 shooting percentage is at the top of the GLVC two. What is clicking for you that has worked that worked last season being all MIAA first team and is now uh, you're right back at it?
3: I would just say chemistry with my teammates. Just being able to know what they're thinking what I'm thinking just that bond that you can have on the court that helps that's everything actually and so the, through the exhibition games, we kind of struggled with that bond, and then once season actually came, we were able to pinpoint like what we all needed to do, and we were able to start doing it.
1: What did you do specifically over the summer to help better your game?
3: Uh, besides like uh, lifting and conditioning, I just got shots up because I mean, in the summer it's hard to like actually like play or get defense against you because mm-hmm. there's no one around you that's can play basketball really, and especially me being from a small town. There's no one my age that even really plays basketball <laughs> at this level. So just like me doing one on O work was what I focused on. Cause if you can finish, then you'll just be able to finish whenever you have defense.
0: So what, what's your, what are the keys to your game? Is it getting those offensive boards and putting them up off the glass? Uh, or is it taking that perimeter shot? Um, because I know you have In the past and uh, you've been successful all over the court
3: I would say down low is definitely my preference (laughs) and also like getting or starting off hot I guess you could say coach has gone on to me about not posting up hard like in the beginning of the game so just starting off posting up hard will lead you throughout the entire game
0: and uh, you guys were selected fifth in the GLVC after having a great season in the MIAA uh, last year Do you guys kind of take that as a shot? Because from from my point of view, it's kind of disrespectful in regards to uh, how well you guys are coached and how well you guys were last year and who's returning for you guys.
3: Yeah, we definitely took that to heart and it put a fire underneath us just because of the success we had in the MIAA. And most people around the country would say the MIAA is a tougher conference than the GLVC. But we're going to take that as fire whenever we play all the teams that voted us number five seed.
1: Are you bummed out that you don't get another chance to play
0: UCM?
3: Actually, no. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I never have to play them again. But we'll see. So in two
0: thousand, at the end of the two thousand nineteen season, uh, last year, uh, for in reference for the people that don't know, you guys lost back to back games against Central Missouri uh, in the MIAA tournament and then in the Central Regional tournament. Um, but who is it in the uh, in this region that is the team? And I know it's Drury, but mm-hmm. Um, who else out there, not from the GLVC, can we look forward to uh, Lennonwood battling for a couple of years?
3: Uh, I would say Ashland in Ohio and then Walsh, who we beat in Ohio. They were number one seed in their conference. I don't remember what the name of the conference is. But for us beating them and they being the number one in their conference, that is a huge ground for us come postseason.
1: Neil and I have touched on with, with many other guests how transferring to the GLVC helps you know, travel, the rivalries, what what is is that going to be like when you can only you know go right down the street and have these big games?
3: I don't know. We'll see. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to the close games just because you are home more. You have mm-hmm. less time on the road, more time for schoolwork. So yeah, we'll see if maybe Londonwood can get some students to go to the other school since they're so
0: close. And your guys' schedule is very it's it's separated until uh, 2020, like Andrew said, um, is that helping you guys get in more practices or, um, do you feel like that's hurting you because you're not getting, uh, those opponents and, and you're getting hyped up for those games and then, uh, winning those games, obviously.
3: I mean, I think it can go both ways. Personally, I would prefer more games because in my opinion, the more games is the better. Like you can't go wrong with having more games and practices do drag on and like, we get less motivated, just to practice all the time we'd rather have a competitor and actually go and compete but we do what we do i want
1: to i kind of want to go back to that point that you made how you guys travel the day of and i traveled with you guys last year with our friend dominic and you you know we we'd go a couple days before and you guys get your you know your workouts in before the game what is that going to be difficult i feel like that's going to be difficult getting right off the bus and having uh jet lag or bus lag i think i've mentioned that before on the show like i, I can't imagine what that will be like i hope that doesn't hurt you guys' play
3: so for now we're always having a shoot around at lindenwood the day of the game mm-hmm. so we'll have shoot around and then like an hour and then we'll hit the hit the road but they are trying to get us to the gym a little earlier this year just so we have more time to get our shots up before the game but i mean in my opinion, the purposes of shoot-around is to be at the gym you're going to play in mm-hmm. to get get a feel for the rims, get a feel for the gym, and we're not having that. So we'll see if it affects us.
0: So you guys are traveling uh, to every school, or is it within two hours or so? Because I know Quincy's within two hours, S&T's within I two hours. I think we have
3: two road trips that are overnight all season. Okay. It's Drury and SBU and Lewis and Bellarmine, I
0: believe. Okay. That makes sense.
1: I don't I don't know about you whenever I shoot basketball and you know i go to like the gym shoot basketball when i shoot basketballs okay, at the you gym go. you know i can make my shots whatever <laughs> but if i go into like a bigger gym and like i don't know what it is about the background if it's bigger i like i like my my vision is messed up and i can't see the rim as well and i end up airballing everything and i i blame it on that because you know i am kind of bad <laughs> Does that ever, like, affect you? Yeah, that's
3: definitely true. And, like, for me, shooting outside is completely different yeah. than shooting inside, even though the rim is still the same height. But it is just the difference, and the scenery behind the backboard plays a big part in it. All right.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yes? yes. There you go. Great <laughs> question. I, I
1: knew I wasn't that bad. I
0: don't shoot <laughs> basketballs because I know I'm bad, so I stay away from the basketball court. Yeah. Um, but you guys are going to go to Florida this year. Mm-hmm. Um, are you looking forward to that?
3: Of course, everyone's looking forward to Florida. And then, so we play two games and then we have a whole fun day, they're calling it, after our second game. And they haven't told us what we're doing yet, but that's definitely something we're looking
0: forward to.
1: Fun day? Do we get a fun day, Neil?
0: I don't think we get a fun day. <laughs> I don't. I think it's all business uh, in 89-1 The Wood. You're, you're right about that. So we are all business in 89-1 The Wood and you're all business on the court. Uh, what are you looking forward to in Quincy uh, tomorrow night?
3: Definitely a W. Um, we we're going to go into the game just as prepared as we would any other game, even though their schedule or their season outcomes haven't been the, the best. But in the game of basketball, that doesn't matter. Any team can show up at any time. And
0: are you familiar at all with Quincy because you're from uh, the Missouri area? It's not too far away.
3: I'm only familiar with them from the times we played them in the previous years, but the Ruzovic twins, our two transfers, they played there their freshman year, so they're giving us a lot of insight on the plays, everything, because they ran those same exact plays when they played
0: there. Really? So you guys got the scoop. You guys have the inside (laughs) scoop on, on what's coming. Inside
1: and the den, they have
3: friends that are still on the team, obviously. And their friend told them that she was going to send us their scout of us, so we'll see how accurate they are on their scout.
0: I feel like that. I feel like I don't know if we're supposed to air this. <laughs> you heard it um, here first, ladies and gentlemen. Inside the den, breaking news. Um, but that's awesome. That that's good. That uh, they'll be able to play their friends, and and uh, you'll be able to play a familiar opponent in Quincy. Um, and then you have Umsul. Uh, the coming week. Um, what What is the break kind of like? How does the season break up for you guys? Because you guys get Thanksgiving, and then you guys get Christmas, and then it's from Christmas on, it's straight business mm-hmm. the rest of the way. So we'll have our first conference
3: game against Umsol next Tuesday, and then we'll do the Florida trip, which is two non-conference, and then starting January 2nd, it is go time all the way to the end of February with all conference
0: games. And how do you stay in shape uh, during Christmas? Because I know personally, Christmas, I, sometimes I just eat too much food.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, since we're in season, over Christmas, we only get seven days off. So that during that seven days, if, if you work out three times, you'll be fine <laughs> when you come back, even though the coaches don't always think so. <laughs> but yeah, the seven days doesn't give you a whole lot of time to lose what you already have. So that's actually beneficial, even though it sucks that you only get seven days
1: I will say October, November, December are the worst times of the year for my body in terms of food consumption. <laughs> <laughs> but looking at Quincy, they are the 25th uh, ranked team in the fewest turnovers. What do you guys have to do defensive-wise to make them make mistakes?
3: Uh, we need to get up in their girl, and just make them uncomfortable because when, when teams do that to us, we don't like it, so we just have to return the favor and do it to them.
0: All right, Callie, that's all the time we have. Thank you for joining us on Inside the Den. Coming up next, we'll hear from Linwood quarterback Cade Brister right here on Inside the Den on 891 The Wood. Welcome back to Inside the Den on 891 The Wood. Alongside Andrew Marsh, Joey Messenbrink, I'm Neil Fisher. Now we are joined by... A lot of uh, individual awards, but the quarterback for Lindenwood, Cade Brister. Cade, how you doing?
4: I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me again.
0: Thanks for coming back on. Uh, let's just get into this big win again, uh, Washtag Baptist. Uh, it was a thriller for anybody watching, and and uh, you guys went in as underdogs uh, throughout the nation, but everybody on campus knew what this team was capable of and, mm-hmm. and how the offense ran and, and what Coach Dugart has brought to this team. Um, give us your insight going into the game on Saturday.
4: Yeah, uh, definitely. So just first off, I thought we traveled really well to the game. You know, great support from the campus, like you said. Um, just going into the game, you know, we, we, we came in real humble but confident. You know, that's kind of been our motto all year. Um, we were excited to play, you know, a top team in the nation, number five, uh, undefeated going into their place you know it's kind of cool their pregame they had all their banners hanging up of playoffs and conference champions and all that and to go in and knock off a great team like we did uh it was exciting
1: I know for us as an outspot outside perspective it's very nerve-wracking watching a game like that but how mm-hmm. fun was that being in that environment it's the the playoffs a national tournament playing the top five team in the nation mm-hmm. how fun was that game it
4: was awesome uh just some of the stuff too that we were just enjoying to be a part of like Allie Freeman their guy number four just made a total free grab one time and there's just nothing that we could do but just smile and be like that that was a grab so it was just a blast to be on the sidelines you know uh just seeing Brett Gardner go out there you know with the was a swagger that he had on his shoulders and to bang the kick through just seeing our guys just perform well is just really exciting
0: let's talk about that kick for a little bit because I listened to the post-game press conference and uh you you guys showed nothing but respect for Brett and Mm -hmm. uh he even uh, noticed himself. He's like, yeah, you know what? I've missed some kicks this year. Uh, every time these guys have had my back, and, and I've never felt like I was going to go out there and miss a kick. Mm-hmm. Um, when he squeaked that one through, and then for him to go back out there, f- to the game on the line, what were you guys thinking on the sideline?
4: Um, I, I really, and I said this in the post-game interview, I didn't doubt it twice. I really didn't. Uh, just seeing all the work he puts in in practice, uh you know, he always asked me every day, we stretch, you know, across from each other, and he just asked me every day, you haven't fun yet, you know, and uh, that's kind of what we lean on this year is just we, we football's a fun sport. You know, it's been a fun season, and uh, just going forward just to keep having fun and just seeing the smile on his face. Um, you know, he's a he's a great leader for us, you know, in, in the sense that we haven't had him for that long. He just came in this summer, um, you, you know, but he's done a lot of great things for our team this year.
1: You guys have made mistakes throughout the year, mm-hmm. but it seems like the story of the season is how well you have bounced back and then made the big play that ultimately won the game.
4: Definitely. Um, you know, I think uh, each week we're still learning from those mistakes. Um, you, you know, it's it's hard to play a perfect football game always, so just learning from those. But um, yeah, Coach Duggar always says, you know, when it comes down to it, our guys are making the plays right now. Um, You know, we got a lot of guys that can do that for us. So it's just exciting when we got a lot of weapons out there with us.
0: I would say this is one of the most perfect games that you guys have put together for four quarters. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, the offense was rolling right out of the start. Both offenses, Mm -hmm. uh, for that matter. I mean, the first three possessions of the game were all scoring drives. Um, And then the special teams was on fire for for Lindenwood. And the defense was hanging in there. And Mm -hmm. then at the end of the game, you know what? They stepped up and they made the play they needed to. Uh, In in the end, definitely. Um,
4: Like you said, I I would say this is the closest we've played to fourth quarter. Uh, You know, we break down every day after special teams, you know, special teams wins games. And Coach Digger told us then, you know, with this playoff experience that the the special teams usually do have that impact. And, you know, the, the kick was huge. And then Spencer Red, you know, returning the kick was just crazy. And then just our kickoff team, pinning them deep the whole game. And, you know, like you said, I know our, our defense felt like they played rough, and, you know, the reporters kept asking, you know, rough game, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, they made the play they needed when they needed to for us, and, you know, they came up big for us.
1: Uh, I know you guys are a very confident group. Were there any jitters or, or nervousness going into that game since it was such a big game?
4: I'm I'm not going to lie. After everything we've been through this year, <laughs> That's what Coach Duggar says all the time. You know, we've played in the overtime. We've won in the last six seconds. We've we've got the stop at the end of the game. I I mean, I don't want to jinx anything, but I don't know if there's anything else that we yeah, – yeah, knock on wood there <laughs> that we haven't seen yet um, that we can't play through. So just – it's ultra confidence in the guys, you know, that we have through each other. So I, I'm, I'm really not even, you know, worried. Just out there playing the game, having fun.
0: And all records aside in the postseason, because it doesn't even matter what you did in the regular season. Once you get into right. the playoffs, you're in, and it's just like any other big tournament in NCAA March Madness or whatever. Definitely, um, anybody can beat anybody on any given day. And uh, this week, you guys will face Northwest Missouri State. Uh, very uh well-known team mm-hmm. uh you guys have been around them uh previously um they're a very good football team yep but on saturday they won six seven to six mm-hmm. um so that just goes to show you that in the playoffs anything can happen and um wondering if you have uh looked at any film on them or heard anything about them yet that uh that could uh be a factor in saturday's game uh, yeah,
2: we
4: we met this morning. You know, we uh, finished up. You know, the Watchdog game learned from those, and then we started on Northwest film. Like you said, they're a great football team. Uh, really well coached, great defense, great offense. You know, they they fly down there on special teams. Uh, you know, they do a lot of great things, and uh, you know, it should be a good match for us on Saturday.
1: Yeah, looking around the Twitter sphere, mm-hmm. everyone there a lot of haters going around. Oh yeah, uh, and you know, some haters are not going to mention it this mm-hmm. past week as well. Yeah, seems like you guys shut them up does does this kind of like uh hater haterade or whatever you want to call it do does that fuel you guys
4: uh you know it's it's uh we we preach a lot about don't worry about the outside noise but you know we're all conscious of it you know we all want to go prove everybody wrong um yeah last week we got a lot of fire and then this week they're still busting stuff out so um you know, Everybody thinks we suck in the nation and we shouldn't be here, so it'll be fun on Saturday.
0: I think that's the best thing as yeah. as an athlete is uh, to have people doubting you Definitely. because if nobody's doubting you, then you're just going to walk into a game like mm-hmm. it's a cakewalk. If you got that chip on your shoulder, and I feel like you guys have had the chip on your shoulder all year long mm-hmm. uh, from being preseason number two and everybody in the conference uh, being disgusted that you guys walk right in and are number two and then uh, to going into the indie game knocking them off and then coming out with the overtime win against Missouri s and mm-hmm. and now beating the number 5 team in the nation uh you guys you guys haven't changed all year you're still playing with that chip on your shoulder and what's the mentality like when you have that chip on your shoulder going against these big time teams in in the nation definitely just uh just being us
4: playing our game um you know, um, everybody can tweet out and say what they want, and like you said, I mean any given Saturday, it's just whatever happens between the lines you know um, is going to be going to be the factor. So I would say just being us and you know going out there and just playing with each other, having fun, um, just, just confidence out there.
1: Neil uh, opened our segment up with the awards that you've gained throughout the whole mm-hmm. season. You, Drew, and Coach Stu, what does that say about uh, the, the locker room aspect that, that Coach has brought in that has allowed you to play to your ability?
4: Uh, yeah, I think that's a lot. You know, my dad always taught me growing up, you know, um, statistics are for losers, scores are for winners. Um, you know, I'm a big believer in that, especially now in college. I think, you know, winning takes care of everything. You know, if we're 4-7, and seven, I'm not player of the year this year. Drew's not, you know, defense player of the year. So mm-hmm. I think just just our guys, you know, creating an atmosphere of a winning culture, um, and we're starting to reap those benefits a little bit, um, I think that takes care of that.
0: And so you guys are the player of the year. You guys have gotten all the honors. Um, and, and now it's time to really showcase it. And I know Drew's 22 tackles away from breaking John Harris's – or not John Harris, Connor um, yep. Harris's record, excuse me, uh, two great – former Alliance Lions, mm-hmm. um, but talk talk a little bit about what Drew has done this year and, and the impact that he has had oh gosh. on yeah. the defense.
4: Drew's a total freak show. Um, just seeing him <laughs> fly around, he's just a sea ball, get ball, he's like a little kid chasing, you know, the ball around out there. Um, you know, he puts a ton of work in. I know he's my buddy in the offseason, you know, he'll get me out of bed to go lift and stuff like that. Um, you know, eating right, you know, taking care of our bodies in the offseason, and then you know, when it's time to go, it's time to go. And I think just the play that's really stuck out to me this year that describes Drew Sears was that fourth down stop right before halftime against Wachita. Um, you know, they've been killing us with that play. And, you know, when we needed a stop, when we needed our you know our captain to get out there and make make the play for us, he, he stuck the hole and stuck the guy. So, um, you know, just Drew Drew's a special guy for our program. Um, he's doing a lot of great stuff.
1: The defense as a whole all season has been fantastic, yeah. and they allow you – to go back out there and and make scoring plays mm-hmm. um the overall either, the whole team has came together and especially from where you guys were at the start of the season to where you are now it mm-hmm. seems like everything that you've worked on throughout the whole season has finally come to where it needs to be mm-hmm. for this next week
4: definitely you know uh, coach i has done a great job with that group uh, you know, Coach Ball and all of them have done, you know, just get the get the boys flying to the ball, and, you know, it's it's a lot of trust, a buying in, um, a lot of work, and, you know, we, honestly, I think something that we've, you know, preached a lot this year is just love, you know, with each other, and I know we've all talked about that, but uh, just buying into each other, trusting each other, and um, just keep balling out there.
0: And so I listened to the Ouachita Baptist broadcasters for mm-hmm. a little bit, <laughs> and uh, they were overwhelmed with what Linwood offense brought to the table, and I want to get on it because uh, there's a lot of people hopping on the wagon right now that mm-hmm. that weren't following all year, and, and yep. now they're getting to it. And yep. they're realizing that Linwood football, they're loyal to the Lou, uh-huh. a lot of kids from St. Louis in, in, in the area, um, but the offense, so dynamic. For people mm-hmm. that don't know, you guys have a running game, you guys have a passing game, and you guys have receivers on the outside that can do just about anything. Yep. And your offensive line gives you all the time in the world. Quote from the broadcasters for Watchdog Baptist, um, Brister could eat a sandwich in that pocket. I believe I wrote a
4: book, <laughs> too, at one moment in the game. Uh, yeah, they, they, they're, they're, they're just a lot of work just been put in through those guys, um, you know, up front, uh, you know, maturing through that, you know, lifting. Coach Hall's done a great job in our weight program, um, and then just like you said, the guys outside can literally do anything and more, you know, and they're just special. And then you got, you know, Nash running around with with, with his fire on his hair, you know, like a crazy <laughs> man. Um, you know, just a lot of weapons on offense for
1: us. It seems like I'm looking at the uh, GLVC first all-team, mm-hmm. all-GLVC. It seems like the entire offense is yeah. listed on <laughs> I saw here. that.
0: It's crazy. I mean, well, and that's the thing is, is you guys have so many threats, and I don't think Watchdog really knew – how many threats you guys had because when they would protect against Nash you had time Mm -hmm. you would bust out for 15 yards and and then it'd be like okay well now we got to protect the quarterback and running back well then guess what Glenn Gibbons, Najee mm-hmm. Jackson, Peyton Rose, Eric Henneman are open.
4: And I think that was special this past game. You know, nobody had that breakout game, but you see Eric, you know, with the touchdown and a freak third down catch for us. And then Nash, you know, breaking a touchdown and then his crazy self, and then Peyton body slamming somebody on the sidelines <laughs> on a third down. And then, you know, Glenn just doing his thing and Najee making clutch catches. Um, something that I thought was really special about our team this past week was the physicality we had, you know, downfield blocking when I was running the ball. I know my first touchdown, we were watching film today and we had TC, a guy that rotates in a lot of really good athlete, um, basically blocked the guy into the goalpost, which was really cool. So, uh, just seeing their physicality and the kind of the will to win and compete was really cool.
1: You, you use your legs a lot, mm-hmm. but it seems like and we talk about the O-line, you haven't really had to do that. No. And it, it, it helps having all those weapons. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it seemed like every week there was someone with that breakout play, but now you guys are all just making plays. Definitely. The whole team is doing it, and you mm-hmm. you feel more comfortable being in the pocket or do you like scrambling?
4: Um, You know, Coach Eastman's definitely going to want me to stay in the pocket. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I think definitely um, this year, especially just with the weapons we have, it's so fun to sit back there and, you know, get them the ball in space. Um, you know, like, just thinking about those guys one-on-one, I, I would take them, you know, pretty much against anybody. Um, we kind of we lean our hat on that. Um, that's kind of our game. So I would definitely just say, like, it was so fun this past game, just sitting in that pocket and getting the guys the
0: ball. It was really fun. And so you talked about in the postgame speech about how Eric's not having the season definitely. statistically that mm-hmm. he would have hoped for mm-hmm. um, because everybody's Everybody knows him now. Yes. Everybody knows him after last year. Mm-hmm. But what kind of difference is he making uh not only being on the field but on the sideline in the locker room.
4: Yeah, definitely. He, you know, he's voted team captain for a reason and you know everybody looks up up to him. I look up to him a ton. Uh like like we said, we just, he's not having those numbers but you ha- they I guarantee they're sitting in their film room saying, "Hey, we gotta, you know, we gotta get a guy here, or here." Um, I think that's o- opened up Peyton a lot this year, you know, and let him kind of be one-on-one a lot and do special things. Um, he makes our offense go for sure, and um, you know, on the sidelines, definitely he's a great leader for us um, in the locker room. Um, he talked to us today about, you know, just confidence, and he wants us to play with that confidence too. And you know, he came up with a big touchdown grab, and that third down catch kind of made that drive keep going for that setup for that field goal. So he's just a big, big part of him. We're going to miss him for sure.
1: We had Eric on the show and I swear, like when we were just sitting here, I just felt the wisdom (laughs) flowing through me Mm -hmm. and he was just preaching and he, that dude loves talking football. Yes. So I can't imagine what he's like in the locker room.
4: Just so much football knowledge. Like you said, and he just, he loves feeding it into us younger guys. And that I think that's a main part of our program that, you know, he's, he's created a culture in our program, you know, that, that, you know, feed those younger guys the wisdom so,
0: you know, they can get up and do some special things too. So, Kate, thank you so much for joining us again on Inside the Den. For Andrew Marsh, Joey Messenbrink, I'm Neil Fisher. Thanks for listening to Inside the Den on 891 The Wood. We'll be back next Monday night from 8 to 9. You're listening to 891 The Wood. You've been listening to Inside the Den, the Lindenwood Sports Show from 8 to 9 p.m. every Monday night on 891 The Wood and 891TheWood.com. All shows and interviews are archived and available for playback at any time. To find them, just search Inside the Den on SoundCloud.